Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny, coming to you with another uplifting message of hope and inspiration. I hope that you're doing good today. I'm doing good. We're like two days away before we celebrate Christmas, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Boy, do I got a good message for you today. But I want to tell you first, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind, and he loves you and he cares for you. I'm so excited to talk to you about this message because guess what? We're going to talk about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. We're going to talk about him coming out. We're going to talk about from the book of John. What does it say who Christ was? Boy, I'm so fired up today because I'm excited to share God's word with you because God has given me a word for this season. And we're going to, you know, we talked about earlier when we talked about the birth of Christ and the birth of John the Baptist. But now I want to look at him as he comes into being the man that he's supposed to be on the earth. The son of God, the son of man. Boy, I want you to get excited because we're going to talk about our Savior. And this is going to be such a powerful, blessed message that is going to touch people all around the world. And like I said, one of the things that I want to do from now on with the podcast is always announce where people are listening to this message from, listen to this show from. I'd like to thank all the people in Illinois who listen to the podcast, the people in South Carolina, the people in New York, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, California, Russia, Spain, Iran, United Kingdom, and Canada. And we continue to pray and believe that God would send his word to even more places. But we're excited for the people who do listen from all these different locations. Listen to the word of God. Boy, do I have a word for you today. We're going to talk about the Messiah. We're going to talk about what it says about him in John. And, you know, the, the Lord laid on my heart that I should come out of John. Because, see, John has intimacy with Christ. John loved the Lord. You know, some people believe John might have been 16 when he was called into being a disciple. So John was considered to be maybe the youngest disciple. I just want to just talk about Jesus. I'm so excited. I hope that you're excited. I hope that you got your antennas on. I hope you let your ears be open to hear the word of God because I have a word and I know right now that we're in a difficult season because people are missing loved ones. They're missing their family members who are not here. This is the first Christmas without my son, Daniel. Oh, I'm talking about, do I miss him? Oh yes, I miss him tremendously. Do I wish he was here? Yes, I do. But I know that he's with the Father. He's in a better place. And so I hold on to that today. So I got a word for you that God would never leave you nor forsake you in your hour and time of need. I don't know what you're going through, but I want to tell you that Jesus loves you and you are not alone. You may be in the house right now. It may not be nobody there, but just you and yourself. But guess what? You're not alone because if you call on the name of the Lord, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit right there, and you can talk to them freely, you can tell them what's on your heart and mind. You can let God know how you feel about everything that is affecting your world at this present moment. I'm just so excited to celebrate my Savior with you. I'm talking about, you know, especially this, and talking about, because we're getting ready. We're just to dive into some deep things. 
We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about the Messiah, Emmanuel. We're going to talk about him. And I just want to tell you that, you know, I don't know what your circumstances is, but let me tell you something. God is capable. He's able to bring you out. Father, I just want to thank you, Father, for your word. I want to thank you, Father, for your people, Father. And I want to pray for your people. So I want to let you know that I'm getting ready to pray. And also, if you have any prayer requests, please send them in so that we can touch and agree and believe in what God can do for you in your circumstances and turn those things around. I hope that you're excited like I'm excited. Let's pray. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I just thank you for the day. I thank you, Father, for the word that you have placed in my heart to give to your people about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Father, I pray that your people right now who are dealing with all kinds of issues, people are dealing with who don't have a job, uh, homelessness, people who can't pay their bills, don't know how they're going to make it from day to day. Father, I ask you to provide for your people. Open doors for them that no man can shut, Father. I pray for the homeless in this season. Father, I pray, Father, for broken relationships, broken relationships, Father, that you mend them, that you heal them, that you turn it around, Father, that you give people hope, Father. And I just pray, Father, within this COVID season that we live in, Father, that I know that you're working miracles through it, Father, because I see it, and, and, and I know you at work. God, I pray that you just do something for your people today, people who just didn't think that you cared enough about them, Father. Let them see the love and compassion that you have for them. Because, Father, they don't understand that you thought about them before even the foundation of the world was laid. People don't even understand, Father, that you loved them while they were yet sinners. Oh, Father, I just thank you for the day. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for who you are, God. Oh, Father, I do I thank you. And I pray for your people, Father. I pray, Father, for anyone right now who is contemplating suicide, Father, that you stop them that you let them know that you are there and that they are loved and that you care about them. Oh, Father, I'm just so excited about this show because we're going to talk about Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the one who redeemed mankind from their sins. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to let you know once again, you know my, my catchphrase, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. You're not alone. Guess what? God loves you. I love you. And boy, do I have a word. Now, today, I'm going to be reading from the uh, NIV, Thompson Chain Bible. We're going to be talking about Jesus. We're going to see what John says about him. Because, you know, in, in, in John chapter 1, he says some things about Christ that we're going to, it's going to make you think and wonder. Check this out. We go on to John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify 
concerning the light. So through him, all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Did you hear what he said? Jesus is light. Jesus is the word. Do you understand when you hold the Bible up that you're holding Jesus? He's the word. In other words, he's the very being. In other words, he, nothing was created without him. This is what John is declaring, that he's the light. Have you ever walked into a house and all the lights are off and it's completely dark? And then you cut on the light, what do you do? You see everything. He's the light of the world. If you can get the idea just what that means, that anything that's dark in your life, he can bring light into it. He can take the darkness, the heaviness, the pain, the hurt, the rejection. He can take it and fill it with the light of him. He's the light. Ooh, that should make you happy. It make me happy just thinking about it. Boy, do you not love talking about Jesus? Guess what? I don't care how bad my world is. I'm going to praise God anyhow. Things don't work out my way. Things ain't going my way. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to lift God up. Because guess what? He's all that I got. All that I got. And guess what? And he's more than enough. In the midst of everything that I deal with, he's more than enough. He's a way maker. He'll bring you out of darkness. He'll bring you, he'll put you into the light. I just want to just talk about him, which I want you to get excited. Because guess what? You can take every problem to him. And right now he sits at the Father's right hand, making intercession for you and me. He's talking to God on our behalf. This is the Jesus that I'm talking about, the Messiah. We're in the season where we're getting ready to celebrate his birth. But I want you to know, it's so much to him. He's, a, he's you know, he'll take your burdens. Oh, wow. Let's go back. Let's go to verse 10 in John chapter 1, reading from NIV. He was in the world and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came that which was his own. His own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of a natural, decent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Do you understand what we get? We about to get into some things. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Now we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take a minute right here because we got to get into this. We got to see something. I want you to see this because you see it and you see it and you see it because I want you to see what's going on. It says, he was in the world, and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. 
He came that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, all, yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So I want to let you know right now, if you're a believer, you are considered to be a child of God. This is what Jesus did for those who believe. You're no longer outside. You're in the family. You're in the family way. And you have to know that you're in the family way. That you are part of God's family. You're children of God. In other words, you can say, Abba, Father. You can call upon him. This is what Jesus did. Then it said, the word. Understand this when we look at this Bible. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me from the fullness of his grace. We have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, had made him known. Did you hear what he said, what Jesus did? Let's, let's, take, a, let's take a brief moment and go back to Verse 17, for the law was given through Moses. See, Moses gave conditions, and you have to do this, do this, do that. But this is what it said about Christ. He, you know, Christ didn't come to condemn men. He came to save men. This is what it says. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made known. Understand that Jesus was the word. He became flesh. He came to dwell among men. He came to save mankind. He, he's been there since the beginning. It's nothing that is that we see that he hasn't created. Nothing that we see he hasn't created. I want you to get excited because this Jesus that we're getting, getting ready to celebrate his birth can do anything and everything. He can protect you. He can heal you. He can do all kinds of things. Do you understand? In Isaiah 53, it says, by his stripes that we are healed. Do you know that that was a promise 750 years before he was born? That they could claim him 750 years before he even came on the scene. By his stripes, you are here. This is that. This is Messiah. I'm talking about. I want you to get excited because we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the Christ, the one and only. Remember, like this, God has only one and begotten Son. That's Christ. Jesus Christ is God's one and only Son. There is no other Son. Satan is not God's Son. He's a fallen angel. Jesus is God's one and only Son. You have to know this. Now let's go ahead. Now we're going to talk about John the Baptist, his cousin. 
Now, this was John's testimony. When the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was, he did not fail to confess, but confess freely. I am not the Christ. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied, in the word of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the desert, making straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. When they, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me. The thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptized. Do you know what John was saying? He was declaring to them that Jesus is here. The Christ is here. <laughs> he was letting them know that God himself is walking the earth. And they didn't know how to get excited about it. They didn't know how to celebrate. They didn't know how to praise that the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the one to come to redeem man was on earth. They were perplexed. They didn't understand. And let me tell you about this Jesus, you know. I want to tell you something, you know, like this thing about, they said that he was laid in a manger. In other words, that he was inside of a barn. Do you know the significance of that? And I just want to just, you know, share this with you. The significance of that is this, that you keep livestock in a barn. I'm telling you, you keep animals that you're going to, you know, eat, nourish, and stuff like that. Understand, Jesus laid in the manger because he was going to be the sacrifice for all mankind. He was coming to give men a second chance. A second chance at, at life. One of the songs that I love is sung by Hezekiah Walker, God of a Second Chance. I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind. It's on God's heart and mind. And God gives second chances to people. So, you know, if you feel like that you fell, you blew it, understand this. God will give you a second chance at life. He can restore things. Trust and believe that he's faithful to honor his word. That he loves you that much. That he would never forsake you. You know, hey, friends, friends, friends are turned on you. I'm talking about, you know, sometimes it happens. You know, sometimes, you know, things happen in relationships. You know, sometimes, you know, you can't, you can't make it, in other words. But that's all right. Trust in God. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he can direct your path. God will be with you through the pain. We're going to talk about Jesus. Because... We got to celebrate him. I want you to celebrate. I want you to know that you can call on him at any point in time. And he's going to be there for you. And as we look at 
the Lamb of God. Jesus is the Lamb of God. The next day, this is verse 29, John chapter 1. John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God. That's time I got to say that again. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. See, you got to understand, everything that John was doing, he was preparing the people's heart to, to know that the Messiah was coming. In other words, the baptism that he was performing, letting everybody know, hey, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. The anointed one is coming, the anointed one is coming. This is what's going on. It, John is there to get the people ready to meet the Messiah, the one who was going to wipe the sin dead out that man couldn't repay. And then in verse 32, it says, Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remained on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remains is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And I see and I testify that this is the Son of God. See, John knew what to look for because he was told. He was told to look for this. And he saw it upon Jesus. And he knew that this was the one that the whole world from the foundation of the earth had been waiting on. This Jesus Christ, this Jesus of Nazareth, our Lord and Savior. I want you to get excited because God has a plan for your life. I, you know, I'm talking about, you know, I want you to know God loves you with an everlasting love. He would never leave you nor forsake you in your hour and time need. You might just feel like, man, I can't take it no more. Just... Just give him a try. Just give him a try. Jesus' first disciples are getting ready about to be coming in. So I'm just, I'm just pumped up today. I hope that y'all are feeling good. You know, and if, and if you're not, I want to let you know that you're not alone. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. He cares for you. Don't feel like that you just out here, you ain't got no help. Man, you can call on the name of Jesus. You know, one of the reasons that, you know, I say that whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Because sometimes you feel like, man, no one really cares. But I want you to know that God cares about everything that you're concerned with. He's concerned about those things. He loves you enough because he sent his son to die for you. So he didn't already prove that he cares for you, whether you want to accept it or not. He already did that. And the thing that he, what he's done He's prepared a way of escape from us from all the things that the enemy 
what Satan tried to do to mankind. Then verse 35, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turn around, Jesus saw them falling. And he asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Did you see what Andrew did? The first thing he did when he got his brother said, hey, understand what he's saying, the Messiah, the Christ, he's making a bold declaration that this is the person that we've been reading about in scriptures. In other words, that, you know, this is the person who's come to save the world. Do you know how much faith it takes to say something like that? Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You would be called Kehiphas, which was translated Peter, right then and there. Peter gets a name change. God blesses him. <laughs> right then and say, you could be called. In other words, Jesus knows that he has a mission, that he has a purpose, that he has a plan for his life. Do you know how powerful that is? That Jesus said, no, uh, I'm going to give you a new name right now. Because Jesus knew the work that he had for him to do. That he would be that bold disciple who had the ability to trust Christ and step out and walk on water. I want you to get excited about who God is. Jesus called Philip and Nathaniel. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethesda. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can any good thing come from there? Nathaniel asked, come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said to him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me, Nathaniel? Jesus answered, I saw you while you were sitting under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king, you are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you, I saw you under the fig tree. 
You should see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Do you hear what Jesus, Jesus made bold declaration. I'm going to show you something like this. With faith, these guys, they followed. Man, you know what that meant? What it really meant? I want, you, I want you to understand this. When Jesus called them, this is what they did. They forsook all and followed him. They didn't hesitate. They didn't wait until tomorrow. They didn't go home and talk to somebody and say, hey, man, I saw the Messiah. They believed spontaneously and they followed him to wherever he was going. They were going to go. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be knitted to him. Let me tell you something. This God, if he called you, if Jesus, Jesus called you tonight, get up and say what he want me to do. Follow him. Because he has a plan to change your life for the best. Trust him. Trust him with everything that you have. Trust and believe that he loves you enough and cares about you enough to change your world. And now we're we, we going to roll into because you know, I, you know I, I want you to see the miracle working powers of Christ. Remember this, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. You're not alone. If you have any prayer requests, please send them in so that we can pray with you and stand in agreement with you that God will come in and change your things around for you. Now we're going to roll into chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. He said, dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> Let me tell you something. His mother is getting ready to provoke him to use this anointing since he got baptized in the Jordan and he was full of the Holy Spirit Jesus couldn't deny her in other words because guess what he was fully God he had the dunamis he had the power to do what needed to be done do you think his mother knew what he was going to do no she didn't know but she said, do whatever he says. I want you to understand it. She's giving me and you revelation when she says this. If you hear Jesus tonight, you hear him tomorrow, you hear him in your car, you hear him at work, do what he says, do. Don't lean to your own understanding. Do what he tells you to do. Trust him. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. His mother says to the service, do whatever he tells you. Near the six stone water jars, the can used by Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servant, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Power. Holy Spirit, 
all he said was fill it with water. Go take it to the master of the banquet. He didn't say no hocus pocus. He just said, fill it with water. You know, water represents Holy Spirit, power of God. In other words, now the whole world is getting ready to change. The whole world is getting ready to be, it's going to explode and it's going to start in this place where Israel is at. And so this is what happened. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew it. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone bring out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best until now. This is the first miracle sign that Jesus performed at Canaan in Galilee. He thus revealed the glory and his disciples put their faith in him. Understand this. Did you just say the disciples put their faith in him because this is the first miracle that they seen him do. In other words, they, you know, they knew, they followed him based upon just what they heard and what they, you know, in other words, but now he's doing extraordinary things. He's doing explosive things. He's being the Messiah. This is the beginning. I want y'all to get excited because we're going to talk about Jesus Christ. We're going to celebrate him. Let me tell you, this whole thing about the best wine came last instead of at first what this is symbolic really means is that Jesus is the second Adam. The best is here. The Messiah is here. In other words, whatever Adam did is about to be erased. Jesus is about to show you that he has full autonomy, authority over everything. He's getting ready to show mankind who he is. And then the most powerful act he comes up like this after this he went down to Capodium with his mother and brother and his disciples and they stayed for a few days and when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple court he found a man selling cattle and sheep and doves and others sitting at the table exchanging money so he made a whip out of a cord and drove all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins, the money changes, and overturned their tables to those who sold doves. Get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered that it was written Zell from your house will consume me. Then the Jews demand of him, what miraculous signs can you show us to prove you are authority to do all this? And Jesus answered, destroy this temple and I will rise up again in three days. Do you know what Jesus is saying? Right there, he's declaring that 
He's going to die, but he's going to rise in three days. He didn't, he, he in other words, they, they don't even know what he's talking about. He's speaking so far above these people here, they don't even understand. He letting them know, I'm here. Understand this. In the Old Testament, God's house is called a house of prayer. It was never meant to be anything but used as a house of prayer to call on the name of God in times of trouble when your enemy and everything is coming at you. Call on the name of God. The Jews replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. You are going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus had spoken. Now while Jesus, now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he, he was doing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them for he knew all men. He did not need men's testimony about men for he knew what was in men. See, he couldn't be deceived. God couldn't be tricked. God couldn't be fooled. I want you to know, this is the God that we serve. I want you to know that God loves you. He has a plan for you. And then you know what, though? I'm going to tell you something like this. Sometimes when people, uh, you know, they're afraid to let people know, hey, I really believe in Jesus. And so we're about to talk about Nicodemus, and then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna end up, because I've been just celebrating Jesus. Now, there was a man of the Pharisee whose name was Nicodemus, a member of the Jews, ruling council. He came to Jesus at night. He didn't want to be seen. Let me sneak around. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when his old Nicodemus asks? Surely he cannot enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. It, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it, you hear sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asks. You are Israel teacher? Jesus like said, hey man, hey, you supposed to be, this stuff you're supposed to know. You're supposed to know who God is. You're supposed to know that God is who he is and what he's doing. You're supposed to be able to know that God is in control. You're supposed to know these things. <laughs> and so he says, you are Israel teacher, said Jesus. And do not, you do not understand these things. I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimonies. I have spoken to you 
of earthly things and you did not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, the Son of Man must be lifted up. See, Jesus is always telling people that he's, he's here to, to die, that he's going to be lifted up. So, man, so the man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And this is the testimony, this is the testimony we have about God. This is, this, is, this is what I want to get to. He says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God, one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light. Because their deeds were evil, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds would be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. So I just want you know, just, just celebrate with you about who Jesus is. And I want to let you see that Jesus came to give us eternal life. He came to, to restore us back to the right place. And he said a man has to be born again. He's the one and only son of God. Check, check this out. There's no other way to God but through Jesus. You have to know that there's no other way through God but through Jesus. There is no other way through God but Jesus. And I'm going to close in prayer. Oh, precious Father, I just thank you for the day. I thank you, Father, for this word. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Father, I thank you, Father, for your word and your power. I thank you for sending your son into this world. I pray for your people that you bless them. Remember, you're not alone. Whatever's on your heart and mind is God's heart and mind, and God loves you. Thanks for listening to the show. I love you. I'll be talking to you later. Have a good one.